The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. While working for TMZ, were you involved in any assignments related to Ms. Heard? I was. Morgan Tremaine, the former TMZ employee, turned heads when he testified about sending photographers to the Los Angeles County Courthouse on May 27, 2016, when Amber Heard filed for a restraining order against Johnny Depp. Their objective was to capture her leaving the courthouse, and then she was going to sort of stop and turn towards the camera to display the bruise on the right side of her face, the alleged bruise. Did your team of videographers get the shot of Amber Heard? We did. He also handled that video of Johnny Depp slamming cabinets in his kitchen. And Tremaine created a lot of buzz when he clapped back at Heard's lawyers. You know this case is being televised, right? I, I am aware that there are cameras. And so this gets you your 15 minutes of fame, Objection, it? Your Honor, argumentative. I, I can ask that question. Oh, ruled. Um, so I stand to gain nothing from this. I'm actually putting myself kind of in the target of TMZ, a very litigious uh, organization, and I'm not seeking any 15 minutes here. Though you may, you're welcome to speculate. I could say the same thing by taking Amber Heard as a client for you. A little argumentative, don't you think? Oh, hardly. I find that to be purely logical. Now he's telling all about why he contacted Depp's lawyers during the trial. I'm Anjanette Levy, and welcome to this latest edition of Law and Crime Sidebar Podcast, where we are joined by a very special guest, somebody I've been wanting to talk to uh, for quite some time, and he's with us now. He is one of those people who came in toward the end of the trial, and he was a hit. He was a, what we would call a trial watcher favorite, Morgan Tremaine. Morgan, welcome to Sidebar. Thanks for coming on. Ah, yeah, no problem. I know you guys have been trying to get me on since uh, literally I took one step out of the courtroom, so <laughs> you got me finally. Do you have my card still after I chased you? I think uh, I do. It's, it's, yeah, it's somewhere, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, yes, I've been wanting to get you on for some time. And uh, when I handed you my card, you kind of gave me the skeptical look. So, you know, we're both in the news biz. You're, you were in the news biz. So uh, we kind of have that skeptical part of our uh, personalities. But I want to know, um, since the trial and since you got so much attention, how have you been doing? Uh, I've been doing fine. In all honesty, I'm <clears throat> I'm very much used to the the, the press sort of rounds that happen after events like this, because I've been on the other side of it for so long. So I knew what to look for. I knew what the pitfalls were. So I think I did a pretty good job of keeping my head down as much as I, much as I could. 
Um, I've been pretty public about the fact that I turned down a lot of like TV interviews and mm-hmm. just about every podcast imaginable. So um, I just tried to keep my head down and yeah, you know, I'll just I'll I'll tweet and be snarky as one would be, but uh, but that'll be about it. I've seen some of your tweets and I've seen the snark. I I always appreciate good snark. I think most of us do. Um, one of those things that I noticed you did uh, was after Amber Heard's Dateline interview, in which that clip aired, in which she discussed how um, randos came out, you know, to testify and things like that. You changed your name on Twitter for a day or two to Rando, I think, number two. And I think Morgan Knight might have been Rando number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I'm assuming you guys got a kick out of that. Well, I mean, it's just an interesting choice of words to to have in her mind it be randos but really all it means is credible witnesses that she didn't know about because that was one of the benefits of it being uh publicized is i i really i really wouldn't have known that i had such a, a part in this if it hadn't been televised so having seen those clips and when those those three letters started coming up in the uh in the trial then i started to realize oh i remember all of this actually i think i might be a part of this and then realizing i very much am a part of this so yeah it's just in her, in her mind, it's randos, but really all it means is it's credible witnesses that she didn't right. realize it, existed. It really feels like there are about a million streaming services out there, but if you are looking for true crime content, there's one that really stands out. It's called Magellan TV, and it's a documentary streaming service founded by filmmakers, and it has more true crime content than any other platform. It has things I've never even heard of, and I've heard of a lot of them. Magellan adds 15 to 20 hours of new content each week Week, so you'll never run out of things to watch. You can watch The Family Who Vanished, which tells the story about a family lured to their death, a drug ring, and the bodies that were never found. Magellan TV doesn't have ads. There are no exceptions there. And along with true crime, Magellan has a lot of other content, including other genres like history, science, space, travel, and much more. You can watch Magellan TV anytime, anywhere on your TV, your laptop, your phone, and it's also compatible with Amazon Fire TV, Apple TV, Google Play, and iOS. An annual membership costs just $59.98. That's only $4.99 per month for 3,500 hours of documentaries. Law and Crime Sidebar listeners and viewers get a free one-month trial. This is a really great deal. You just log on to MagellanTV.com slash Law and Crime so you can watch The Family Who Vanished. Again, your one-month free trial. Log on to MagellanTV.com slash Law and Crime. I want to know exactly, and I know you kind of testified to this at the trial, what really prompted you to come forward? It's my understanding from your testimony, you can, you contacted Johnny Depp's attorneys and said, hey, I, I know something about this. So what exactly was it in which you, that prompted you to just call them and say, I, I need to talk to you? Well, I had started to see clips on TikTok once, once TMZ started getting into the mix of things. And I had seen... I'd seen a couple clips of people talking about like, oh, TMZ is the smoking gun. Clearly, there's there's got to be something that they could that they could say that would pop in on this. And then I slowly started to to remember and and feel like I was a part of this. I'm like, I I kind of remember being there that night when we received the video. I remember uh, in in just what my work was at the time, having to be very much a part of sending sending cameras through. So there have been other times in the media where I feel very much close to certain events that come up or certain stories just by virtue of having worked on them and a lot of like big celebrity deaths and celebrity scandals and such. Um, but with this one in particular, I remember seeing a TikTok in which someone felt like they had some kind of some kind of uh, idea or, or, or evidence in some way, and they had recorded themselves sending an email to Camila. And uh, I hadn't even thought of that as a possibility. And so then I started to think, maybe I should just send her an email and just 
and just you know see if I can if I can help in some way because somebody's definitely lying in this based on my firsthand knowledge of this. So I had just sent an email and it said, literally it said uh, it, that the subject line was like former TMZ employee. And I even had said, you know, I'm sure you guys are already talking to other TMZ employees as, you know, in just your due diligence of this case. Mm-hmm. And even even so far as naming someone who I knew was very, very closely involved in the story at the time. And um, and said, you know, but if there's anything I can do to help, like it's I was there that night when we received this video and maybe I can help clear some stuff up because it looks like someone's possibly lying. Uh, And then I received a phone call about an hour later. And uh, as soon as I saw uh, Camille's uh, number come up on my caller ID, uh, I knew I was I was in it too deep. and I was probably going to have to testify. (laughs) And it was too late to go back now. Yeah, no turning back for sure. So it was Camille's cell or her office number and you it pops up and, you know, okay. It's it's his lawyers. Yeah, it had been. I think it was maybe maybe immediately after they had they had called it for the day, and then she uh, she had been yeah checking her email and just called me straight away, mm-hmm. and was basically like, "What are you doing next week?" <laughs> so it was during Amber Heard's case. I'm assuming that you contacted her if she's asking you, "What are you doing?" It, next it was week? about a week before I was up. Wow, it happened very very quickly. I guess they flew you out. I would assume that's how that works. Uh, um, yes. Yeah, because. I mean, it would be silly to expect you to pay your own way. That would be crazy. So what what was it that you found? I, I mean, I, you seemed almost like you found it offensive that the video had been, the portion that had been sent to TMZ was the front end and then the back end. The back end where she was kind of, uh, as many people felt, snickering had been snipped off along with her setting up the camera. Uh, what was it about that that you found kind of offensive? I, I wouldn't say I found it offensive. Okay. Well, that was my interpretation. So I'm sorry. What what did you, what was it about it that you uh, didn't like or that prompted you to reach out? Well, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't anything emotional. It was just the fact that it was essentially doctored. It was essentially edited for a particular purpose, I believe. And I think that was very clear to perhaps the jury. But yeah, it was it was edited in a way that made it seem beneficial for one party more than the other. And uh, I, I think that's fairly obvious. And, and all I did was state the facts that what we received was uh, an edited portion of what was what was shown in uh, in court. And that's something that really anyone could have noticed at that point. But I just think nobody had. Because if you'd gone back and looked at the TMZ article um, and the video that was still up, it was it was shown as such. I think you might look at that and think, oh, maybe TMZ cut off the front and top of it. But my unique perspective was knowing that um, we did not edit that video. And so when you looked at it and you saw that Amber Heard was actually the person who filmed the video, I mean, up until that point, when you saw it on the trial or TikTok or what have you, did you know that Amber was the one who filmed the video? Obviously, you said you knew you were dealing at the time with the copyright holder, which is would be the person who owns the video and who shot the video. So did you know um, before you had seen that at trial that it was her who had sent in the video? Or I Well, without I'm saying too much, um, I will say it was it's very obvious watching the original video on TMZ.com who was taking the video. Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. So 
I mean, were you surprised at the reaction to your testimony? Because obviously, you really had a presence about you. I don't know if you realize that, but um, you had a presence about you. And when you were on cross-examination, you know, there was this suggestion that you just kind of popped up out of nowhere to get your 15 minutes of fame. You just told me you've turned down lots of interview requests and things like that from, you know, news organizations, podcasts, etc. So people, I mean, I think we were all amused by it because you're like, whoa, he really like smacked Elaine down with that. But in Johnny Depp even kind of seemed to snicker a little bit at your testimony or seemed to be amused by it. So what was what were your thoughts as you watched kind of people say things about you? I'm sure you became a couple of million t- TikTok videos or what have you. I mean, what were your thoughts? Uh, I mean, I had no idea what was going on at the moment. I was such a ball of stress. I, I think it wasn't until maybe the next day that I started to realize that, oh, I think people got a kick out of that. But I mean, really, it's just I mean, I had no idea. When I was up there, all I knew was that they were out of time, uh, Amber's side, so my, my cross was going to be very short. And I was just, I didn't, I didn't know what they were going to ask. I knew they were going to object the entire time, and I knew that they were going to have a very short cross. I just didn't realize they were going to waste their time on it. Because frankly, I could think of maybe 10 things they could have asked me that would have been legitimate. And instead they asked me, they tried to imply that I was, I was in there for, for fame, which is just, I think anybody, anybody who knows me knows I'm, I'm not in it for for that and I'd, I have a lot of anxiety and it took a lot for me to do that it was basically like an, a full day of trying to psych myself up and talking to my psychiatrist and trying to figure out how I could possibly get through doing this because I just did not want that kind of attention so you um, were wow you were really stressed out about this oh yeah I can't I, I cannot explain how much I did not want to do this but it was like I said as soon as I saw that that name come on my come up on my caller ID. I was like, I am I am really involved in this, and I think I have a responsibility to speak up now, especially if the if counsel feels like this is something that they made. Did you feel like when you were watch? I mean, were you watching the actual trial streaming as before you saw this TikTok and all of this other stuff? I wasn't. I had just seen clips of it, and because I just I mean I have a job, I'm busy, <laughs> but I, I uh, right you're you have uh, a regular had, life, right? <laughs> I had just seen clips of it, and even now there are clips that I've that'll pop up that of of the trial that I've never seen and I didn't know about. So I had really it was just a few days before I I reached out when the TMZ of it started popping up. Yeah. And they obviously TMZ hired a lawyer. They didn't want you guys. They didn't want you testifying, I should say, not you guys, but they didn't want you to testify. Obviously, they filed the wrong motion to intervene, which, um, you know, we kind of thought that at the time, why are they filing a motion to intervene? But this was you not being compelled to testify. This was you coming forward as an ex-employee testifying. So there's a difference there, I think. Um, because you were willing to, to discuss it. Uh, what, what did you think of the things that Elaine was asking you? I mean, did you feel stressed out at the time when you were on cross? You said you were, you know, a ball of stress up there. Or, I mean, because you really, like, you really clapped back at her pretty hard. Well, I mean, I've said it before, but I mean, she, it, it, was, uh, it was bullying like anybody else. I've, I've had to deal with that from, from people in power for a long time. So I'm, I'm used to dealing with that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that, that was the reflex of just having a having kind of a rational response to it instead of just being bullied. So that, that's all it was. It was just bullying. So I, like I said, they could have, she could have asked me probably 10 legitimate things and chose to go that route. So you, you know, I, wasn't, share those with I wasn't trying to, not, not really. I think a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people, there, there, there are plenty of things people could have asked to probably try to poke holes in what I was saying, but I'm not in the interest of doing their job for them. Mm-hmm. So they chose to use their, their very short amount of cross time. They had to ask me, some nonsensical questions and that's that's their right so did you notice during your testimony at all i mean were you just kind of looking at the lawyer 
asking you the questions at the time, whether it was Camille Vasquez or Elaine Bredehoft, were you just kind of focused on that? Or did your eyes kind of meet with anybody else in the courtroom? I mean, you said you were a ball of stress. Did you did you see Amber Heard looking at you? I mean, what was going on? I don't think I ever, I might've looked over at Amber once, but mostly it was just, yeah, addressing whoever was asking me questions. I just tried to remain calm and just answer the questions. And uh, anybody who says they, I did a good job up there, I, I, I just say it's, it's easy when you're telling the truth. You're just answering questions. That's all it is. So I looked over to the uh, to the jury a few times just out of uh, out of uh, curiosity and seeing the person closest to the uh, to the stand and knowing, oh, this is the guy that Amber keeps staring at in her testimony. I feel bad for this guy. <laughs> OK, there was a man who came forward after the trial, a juror mm. uh, who spoke to Good Morning America, and it, he was not on camera, but he apparently told them that he they felt uncomfortable because she did look at them. I mean, she kind of talked to them when she was testifying. So and our legal analyst had kind of remarked on that, too, that it was kind of weird and uncomfortable, even though witnesses are kind of taught to look over at times. You know, you're not supposed to talk to the jury per se. I want to go back to what you were saying. You know, it's easy when you're telling the truth. You know, the verdict in this case that the jury rendered was pretty sweeping. I mean, I think we just need to be honest about it. I've said many times, Johnny Depp ran the table. She got one count that almost seemed like a throwaway. So what, I guess I'm wondering, what are your thoughts on just the aftermath and the reaction to it. And I say that because, you know, there are so many people acting like the jury didn't get it right. I mean, social media is just, it's its like the Thunderdome every day, people talking about this stuff. So what are your thoughts on the the reaction to it? You mean on, on, on the verdict itself? You're talking yes. about the reaction to the verdict, like the social media reaction to the verdict? Yes. I don't know. How would you classify the the reaction on social media to the verdict. Exactly. Well, I feel like there's been, I, I don't know if you feel like this, but I feel like there has been, obviously Johnny Depp's supporters uh, support him and there there have been celebrities who've come out and support supported him. But then there have, there's been, I don't know what the accounts are. A lot of them are anonymous, some not so much. Some are people who have put their own names out there thinking that saying that Amber or contending that Amber was wronged and that Johnny Depp basically his team just put on a show and wooed the jury with his celebrity and things like that. So I actually saw a tweet just recently from the Women's March and they said some pretty terrible things about Johnny Depp and some other men. And and so I'm just kind of wondering what you've thought of that reaction. Well, I think by the time the verdict came out, everyone had already decided had sort of picked a side and, and had felt like whether, no matter what the verdict is, uh, I'm already on team, you know, hashtag team Amber or hashtag team Johnny. But for me, this was never anything political. It was just about telling the truth. So I know that it's been used, it's been politicized um, in a way. And I think it's it's up to people if they want to use this in, in that way. But uh, I think at the at, at the end of the day, it should be looked at as, as a, just a singular court case and probably nothing more than that. How are you doing now after all of this? I mean, just kind of Looking back, it's been, you know, more than two months now since the verdict. Have the calls for you calmed down? I mean, what, what's gone on? I mean, not, 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 nothing in my life has really changed. It's like occasionally getting recognized at bars, things like that. And um, the, the weirdest thing is just I'll tweet things and it'll end up as news articles. That's kind of the weirdest thing. Um, but, but I think I've, I've, I've worked in the media and, and been a reporter for a long time and understood how that works and the fact that at any point, whatever you say online can, can be used against you or, or, or put on blast in ways like that. So I've conducted myself in a, in a, a professional way online for a long time. So not, not much of my life has changed in any real way. Mm-hmm. And I noticed too, I thought it was really cool that I, did you, didn't you hold a fundraiser on your Twitch channel? 
I did. Yeah, I've immediately what I when I got a, a lot of attention, I noticed a lot of social media coming at that side. Oh, you know what? I don't really want to. I've had. I think I've frustrated a lot of friends of mine who work in the media who have said, "Oh, you got to strike while the iron's hot and try to get like a." a show or do something. And, you know, not everyone wants to be the next Ryan Seacrest. And I frankly don't want to. So I just try to use it for, for charity. I, I, I'm, I'm friends with people who own a couple charities and just try to use that for, for good in any way I can. I think that's really nice. Do you want to name those charities that you held those fundraisers for? Sure. So I, I work in the video game industry and I, I work uh, really closely with this one called Stack Up, which um, uses video games to uh, combat veteran suicide and promote positive mental health in uh, active military. So what they do is they send care packages of video games and consoles to to veterans that are struggling and then also to active military to keep them occupied um, while they're deployed. That's amazing. Uh, that's really amazing, Morgan. That's really cool that you do that and that, that you did that. Um, I, I'm kind of you know taken aback by that. That's really sweet. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Um, is that is that something that's near and dear to your heart, or just you know have some um, you have empathy for people who are struggling with that? Well, I grew up uh, a lot of t- a lot of my. Um... My childhood was spent in San Diego, and you see a lot of homeless veterans in the streets, and it's it's something that's it's very very obvious as you walk down the street. Um, and then you have friends who've joined the military and come back. And my mom worked with with, with veterans to help them help them get out the ones who had uh, really aggressive PTSD and, and couldn't handle it anymore. So so it is something that I've I, I both have seen the mental health struggles of of being deployed and coming back, and um, I, I understand very much the positive mental health of video game. Uh, video games can can render on somebody, so I think it's uh, it's a great charity in that way. And I also I'm also going to be working with Gamers Outreach, which is uh, another gaming focused company, which sends uh, uh, essentially gaming packages, sort of on on rolling rolling devices to children's hospitals, as well as build gaming rooms in children's hospitals. Oh, that's really nice. That's really nice. Um, wow. So. Morgan, you know, I want to go back to just, you know, your time at TMZ. Um, you also dispatched the camera crew to the courthouse on May 27th, 2016, when Amber Heard was filing for her TRO against Johnny Depp. Is there anything you wanted to share with us about that? Or um, was that something that you thought you would be asked about? I asked about as far as? Like at the trial, did you, you were contacting them about the the kitchen cabinet video, but did you think that that would become relevant as well? Yeah, probably. I mean, it's, it's, it's always a saga when it comes to I mean, media coverage of these things, especially when you're, when you're working, I mean, you know, different sides of different sides of this of this coin there's always um there's always a lot of articles to be had around these proceedings and and you can go months long worth of coverage and get a lot of articles out of it so you're always you're always working a lot of a lot of different stories over the time and yeah so it, i i knew that there were different times in which I'm trying to choose my words carefully other times in which we had uh we had covered this story in a way that would be relevant to this case is there anything you want to share ab- about that? I mean, looking back on that, I mean, it was probably just another story, I, you know, as another day in your life in the news business when that happened. Um, but then looking back on it now, do you have any thoughts about 
you know, that day or or what was shown to the public? It, it was very much like a, a day like any other, frankly. That's sort of what it's like inside of that building. It's just a, it's a lot of a lot of stories like that, a lot of a lot of chasing leads and a lot of sending people to to places to get to get things. I mean, that's just the job. Have you heard uh, from Johnny Depp or from Amber Heard um, since your testimony? I have not. Okay, I wouldn't expect that you would have, but I just I feel no like I wouldn't expect had to so ask. either. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean people have said like, "Oh, Johnny's got to put you in one of his movies or something." I'm like, no, he doesn't. He <laughs> wants to put all this behind him as fast as humanly possible. I guarantee you. Yeah, I I think so. I think that was. Yeah, I, I, really I wouldn't blame apparent. him for not wanting to see anyone's face who was involved in this ever again. Well, Morgan Tremaine, a former TMZ employee and uh, somebody who a lot of people liked hearing from during the Depp v. Heard trial. Thanks so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Um, we're so glad you agreed to do it and uh, we wish you the very best. Thanks so much. And that's it for this edition of Law and Crime Sidebar Podcast. It is produced by Sam Goldberg and Michael Dininger. Bobby Zoki is our YouTube manager. Alyssa Fisher handles our bookings and Kira Bronson does our social media. You can listen to Sidebar on Apple, Spotify, Google, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, as always, you can watch it on Law and Crime's YouTube channel. I'm Anjanette Levy, and we will see you next time. Thank you.